Welcome to the Fro and the Flown, you sand-sucking suckers. Ooh. This is your host, Ralph Campiano, and I am joined, as always, by Jack Martin, a.k.a. The Martian. And in this world, he is a Martian because he is just coming fresh out of Dune. He saw it yesterday evening. I saw it Friday night. We are so excited to be talking about Denis Villeneuve's newest franchise, Dune Part 1. And then we're also going to talk about Succession Season 3, Episode 2 which was also climactic and universal and galactic. And a lot of shit went down. There were stars all over the place. Jack, how are you feeling about Dune? Did you enjoy Dune? Did it meet your expectations? And what stood out to you about Dune? I liked it. I enjoyed it. I didn't really have... I don't really know what my expectations were. I wasn't sure how to gauge it. I wasn't really familiar with what Dune was, to be honest, until I heard all the hype for the movie starting to come up like, what, a year, year and a half ago? I don't know. I just saw the trailers. I wasn't sure what to expect. I know guys like Northrop were really excited about it because they like the books. Um, with a cast like that, though, it's hard not to get excited. Um, how do you pronounce Villeneuve? Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yeah, I mean. Not Charlie Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. Um, great director. It, I mean, it looked cool. I just, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge sci-fi guy, so I wasn't fully sure what to expect. But in terms of, like, sound and special effects, completely, I guess, I would say blew my expectations out of the water. I mean, it was an incredible film to look at. And here, we were sitting right by the speakers in the last row. And that sound was deafening at points. When it would come through, it would shake the theater. It was incredible. It was so cool. So in terms of the in terms of like the technical aspect, so sick. I had not invested it all in the books or the story beforehand. So this is all kind of new to me. But I liked it. I gave it a four out of five on letterbox. I'm going to see it again tomorrow with Sarah. So maybe I'll have were, a different perspective after a rewatch. Were you too high upon first watch? Were you able to follow yeah. the story? Okay. Cause they they throw the story at you pretty hard, don't they? Like it's a lot of world building to like collect. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was too confusing i understood that this is the first part of a massive world a lot of it's going to be focused on world building and introducing us to these characters and spending a lot of time with timmy c because he's the hero we've got to get to know him and what his journey's going to be and look like but it's cool i like dune i'm a fan of dune i'd say okay i love dune and you love it here's here here's the video clip right here when we found out that Dune was going to be Dune Part 1 and not just Dune, there was part of me that was pissed off because I was like, oh no, yeah, Denis, me too. one of my precious directors is going to get sucked in by the franchise vacuum. And I don't know if I want Denis to do six Dune movies instead of being able to do another Arrival or another Sicario or another Prisoners or even Enemy. There was another I was Sicario. Like, yeah, but he didn't do it. He didn't do Sicario 2. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like, another movie yeah. like that. Like, uh, a little bit of a smaller budget. Still pretty big budget. But, like, he's the king of sci-fi right now. He's in, like, that modern... Like, he is our George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, James Cameron. Like, he's in the Christopher Nolan territory now, I think. Or he's at least ascended into that. Where, like, big set pieces, really cool ships. The helicopter is so fucking sick. It looks like a mechanical dragonfly. But um, now that I have yeah, seen crazy. Dune... Now that I have seen Dune, I'm all aboard the Villeneuve becoming the George Lucas of the Dune universe train. I didn't think I wanted him to do the sequels. He said he's going to do part two, and part two is going to be more action, less dialogue. So 
I I'm, assume that Zendaya will get more lines, but I don't think it's safe to assume if he's saying there's gonna be even more action. She was obviously completely underutilized, which is, I mean, she's not like that critical of a role in that part of the story. She's kind of just like Timmy's dream girl. Um, but what did you think of Timmy? I mean, he is, he's like the next big blockbuster actor now. It's like him and who? Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson, I guess. Like those are the guys of our generation that are ascending into that Leo Damon Pitt category. How do you feel about that? I mean, dude made $40 million, so. But In a pandemic, still. Venom 2 made $90 million. I think I'm going to do a deep dive on Venom and explore it and be like, what's this Venom audience that I don't understand? But that's a different story for a different It's time. the comic book audience. This is textbook audience. But I liked, I liked Timmy. I don't know. I called him Oedipus, the seasonally the, in my letterboxed review. Um, he really wants to fuck his mom, which maybe... Everyone was always was praising these scenes between I forget character. I was too high. I forgot their names, but um, him and his mom. Everyone praising these scenes between Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, they were good, but at the same time, I did not like the sexual chemistry between the two of them. Um, but I thought he was good. I think he is a he passes as like what's supposed to be like a seventeen year old boy, pretty well. Um, He's good at conveying that just like confused, sad, angry, kind of horny all at the same time look in his face because that's just kind of what he looks like. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think like who else you would put in that role that's like this group that would be like the next big guy. Tom, Tom Holland, Holland. I think that's like the only other one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Who do you want to put in? Fucking like Jake Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Be funny, like this is like it, it's it's ridiculous because like his ascension. I want it to like, be Evan Northrop. That'd be good too. Evan does have their vibe, like that, like angsty, horny. I listen to Nirvana even though it's twenty twenty one, and even though my dad didn't listen to them, I just kind of found them by myself. Vibe. I guess you kind of fit that vibe too, Mister Subliminals. Um, but <laughs> I, I think Timmy, it's like it's crazy because he came up on fucking peaches. Like, that's, like, what he... That was his his ascending, his star role. Like, that's how he made a name for himself. It wasn't Hot Summer Nights or even Interstellar. It was fucking Call Me By Your Name, where he's Alio. And now he is Paul Atreides. And can he be Luke Skywalker? I guess that's the big question that Dune is going to have to ask. Because, like, if this only made $40 million on opening weekend, is it going to get the sequel? Like, I don't think yeah. it's, like... Cause Villeneuve said he wanted to film all of it at once, Lord of the Rings style, and they were like, Warner just wouldn't put up the money for it because they're like, well, let's let's test it first. It was the highest grossing um, debut of any of the HBO Warner Brothers same day releases, so I think it's okay. cool. I think it's all like right, fair enough. Just about Greenland. I read something with some executives over there at the old WB. It seems like they're gonna greenlight it. Which is exciting. I'm excited to see more. Oh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I, I, I love the movie. Four and a half out of five stars for me. Um, our, if you haven't read the reviews, go check out Burbs. We have two reviews. Carter got an early screening of it uh, through 303 Magazine. He did a killer job. And then Northrop, our fucking book nerd, he torched it too. So check those out. But yeah, no, I'm pumped for Dune 2. I guess it'll probably come out like 2024 or something like that. But, um, you know, it's sooner than later. It could come out the same time that Avatar 2 does in 2044 so. Um, yeah, I'm pumped, and I, I guess like my other big question is like, 
we lost so many characters in this movie. Like Oscar Isaac, gone. Josh Brolin, gone. Spoiler Jason alert. Momoa, gone. Yeah, of course there's going to be spoilers. We haven't seen Dune yet. Like, why are you listening to this conversation? I guess it's coming um, out Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but, like, where do they go from here? What other characters do they add? Do they need to add more stars to the bench? Or is, like, is Timmy and Zendaya going to be enough? Is their relationship going to be enough to carry Dune 2? Or do they need to bring in Adrian Brody and Alexander Skarsgård, like, succession? I mean, we were talking about that after the movie. Like, all these dudes are dead now. Yeah. Who are, like, kind of cool, who are kind of a part of me being interested in the movie. Who kind of, I guess, kind of helped generate that hype, and now they're all gone, or I didn't really see that much of them. So I think right. for the next one, they definitely have to recast and kind of keep those elements, because I don't know if just Timothy is going to be enough for me. So I was getting excited when I was seeing all these supporting characters pop up. We get a little Jason Momoa, we get Sloppy Stalin, as I like to call him, for a little bit. Mm. I would like to see more of him. Like him he was much. unbelievable in this movie. Holy shit. Can, can we talk about him? Can we, what was his name? Bark yeah, that sluggy freak. Let me find his name really quick. Just Baron Vladimir like, Harkonnen. Holy yeah. shit, he's a slime ball. He is the slime puppy. He's like a slime mastiff. Mm-hmm. He's just chilling in a tub of like coffee and motor oil, dog mm-hmm. shit, and just bathing. I guess like that's his healing Wax. juice. Yeah, that that is his healing juice. That's what he it gets, was. He gets he gets chilling in his mud and they're like I, he's not fully healed yet <laughs> and then he just emerges and he's just like this sloppy fucking guy just dripping tar he just wakes up to Batista drooling over him mm-hmm. yeah, Batista dude. killed it too and then when he grows I would have liked to see more of that freak I like oh, yeah. I like weird dudes and uh, this is Batista's second Villeneuve movie he's also in Blade Runner 2049 towards the beginning Battles Gosling. I need to rewatch that movie. Did you see Ryan Gosling's gonna play Ken in Gerwig's uh, Barbie? I'm I'm fascinated by what that movie's gonna be. I have no idea. Like I'm what in. is she, like? I'm in. I'm in. Obviously, she's one of our best directors and writers. But to go from Lady Bird to Little Women, which is like a 20th century book adaptation, to I don't know one of the biggest toys in the world. Is Barbie big all over the world, or is it just America? I don't know. I mean, I feel like Barbie at some point. She definitely has a global presence, right? Like, yeah. she's kind of like in that, like, yeah. Um, but all right, you want to talk about Succession now, or do you have any more Dune thoughts that you want to unleash on the people? Go see it in theaters. Right. This is a tour. Right. I watched it in theaters. I wish more people would. And everyone was right in terms of the scaled movie. It's probably the biggest movie ever made. It just might be the most impressive movie in terms of special effects that I've seen right up there with Detective Pikachu and so um just One like I would be yeah yeah I mean dude big Charizard in that movie looked crazy but anyway we're talking about Dune him. yeah I don't know like, you would just like see these weird spaceships the way it blended with like the real, like you don't really see that anymore. Like Marvel movies have like these, all these huge visual set pieces, but it always looks kind of clunky. Or even in the new Star Wars movies, like it's not very seamless. But like in this, it was just, it was beautiful to see. Like obviously, there's points where it doesn't always look perfect. But for the no, most you're part, right. You're it right. Just it looked looks... like they were filming it, and like it looked real. Like it was very, very impressive. I think it's going every Oscar for that kind of shit. 
It's like a documentary set in the year 10,151 or whatever year it was set in. Like, it looked way too real almost. I'm curious what the budget was. I haven't checked. It's probably like $250 million, though, something like that. When you consider the cast, all the effects that had to take place. But, um, no, it was it was breathtaking. You're right. Go see it in a theater. I'm thinking about going and seeing it in IMAX. My girlfriend wanted to see it in IMAX, but you know me, I'm a completist. I get very frustrated if I can't see an entire screen. And IMAX is, it's like I'm missing parts, and I don't like the idea of me having to miss parts. I can't imagine how like little that little um, mouse rabbit would look on an IMAX screen. Like <laughs> it's it's overwhelming, but I think that's what we wanted, right? Like we haven't had a real movie like that in theaters and quite some time and like I, I guess this I'd be interested to see how far they take this story because if it does become this generation's Star Wars then I'm for that like I think we need a refresher in the time of DC and Marvel movies where it's all superheroes this isn't a superhero this is a guy who's just a 17 year old boy who likes to jerk off and dream and fucking sniff sand yeah he's a big spice guy like he's all about his oregano and his desert dunes dude so, is this like when I was always reading Spice and shit about the movie, I thought it was for, like, cooking. It was just, like, a pepper or, like... Oh, it sounds Pretty like good. a spice that you buy in, like, England that looks like weed and you smoke it, but it's just, like, bath salts and you, like, lose your fucking mind. Yeah, it's a hallucinogen. Like, the spice so is a hallucinogen. they're just fighting over like, space drugs. Pretty much. Yeah. But it also, like, grants you, like, certain abilities. Like, he's obviously... So Stellan Skarsgård is Ronald Reagan, basically. Ah, uh, but he wants it for himself, too. Reagan wasn't, like, hiding all the pot and coke for himself. He was distributing it. He was Just Say No guy. If there's any Just Say No guy, I think it might be the Truth Sayers. I do want to talk about the Truth Sayers for a quick second. They rule. What a cool power. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, there's not a lot of superpowers in this movie. The only one that does exist is telepathy really like at the end of the day yeah. like it's it's telepathy it's sick ass balenciaga looking spacesuits with dope technology and no guns not a single gun in this movie there's just like rockets nice. from ships and then like knives and hand fighting which i thought was really cool because i guess guns don't really make a lot of sense unless they're like those little arrows that they shoot uh that break through the shields because like those those shields like i think they could probably take down like a tech nine or something like that but I saw something that said something about how the author of the book guessed that by the point in the time where this book takes place, that if you were to use lasers, they probably would be so developed that it'd just be like nuclear strikes every time you use the one. Right. So it just gets dialed back to like knife fights just because technology becomes so advanced to the point where laser weaponry and shit like that would be so destructive that you can't really use it on more than a mass, really overly destructive scale. Okay, so just looking forward to doing two in four or five years, whenever it comes out. We'll still have Rebecca Ferguson, Chalamet, Zendaya, Skarsgård, Javier Bardem. That's who the cat, and then Batista as well. That's who's headlining next year. If you could add, let's do two people to that cast, who would you go with? I'll give you my first one right now. Give me Zoe Kravitz. Put her in the shit. Keep her in Batman. Put her in Dune 2. She has the look. She has, like, that kind of, like... I don't know, like, what, like, the ethnicity is that all these people are supposed to have. Like, I don't know if Oscar Isaac's Latina or, or Latino or what, but all of them kind of have, like, that, you know, that little splash of flavor. She's got that splash of flavor. 
And I guess that that would be my female. I think you're probably with me on that, right? You say Sandler. But, uh, Sandler. Okay. Sandler. I would like, you know who I'm in on? After her, a recent franchise action movie appearance. Oh, Ana de Armas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just bring me Kravitz and Ana de Armas. That's cool. Put space suits and have be just naughty. I don't know. Oh, my God. Florence I mean, Pugh? I don't know if she fits in this universe. I think I'm just getting a little ahead of myself. I think you're just getting horny. Um, all right, let's move on to Succession. Speaking of horny. Sue me. Sh- Shiv's booty in this was absolutely bodacious. Yeah. Popping. That conversation with Roman, it was, Jesus Christ, made me want to break my neck. Um, all right, season, season three, episode two of Succession. It made me right want to get off. Um, I want to talk about Logan first. Because he starts this episode really desperately, uh, and he ends it with his swagger back. But at one point during this episode, in like the first like six or seven I minutes, swagger back. I think I got my swagger back. Um, at one point in the episode, he uh, he calls Connor, and he's pretty much just saying, "I need you. I need my you, Connor. One I need boy. you. You're my number one. I need you so desperately." And then he ends the episode with you know getting into his I don't know fucking tenth Mercedes Benz SUV. And Tom just have just gets, these vans on deck, bro. Anywhere the amount of Range go. Rovers in this show—it's just like absolutely disgusting. Like money is—that's the thing—is you know, one. they only like care about money when it means that they can buy love with it. Like him getting Marsha back, like that's the only time like he ever actually thinks about money. Is like, oh, I can use it for my own goodwill or whatever. I think bro. I want a Range Rover. I've been seeing a lot of them lately. They're sexy. Yeah. I used to think they were so ugly when I was younger. Then I grew up. Yep, me too. Um, but yeah, how did, how did you feel about Team Logan versus Team Kendall? This is where we kind of get, um, you know, Ken, we totally get Kendall trying to persuade the kids, trying to get Shiv, trying to get Roman, trying to get Connor on his side, and then Logan sends the donuts, and these fuckers all go into a frenzy because they're all daddy's children at the end of the day. Um, I'll, I'll tell you for right now, I was fucking pissed. I'm Team Kendall all the way right now. I hope that he destroys all of their lives. I can't stand Shiv or Roman right now. I think they're soft as fuck. I think they crawl back to their dad. I don't know why you would. I know that it's your natural born tendency because you've been doing it your entire life. But the fact that you have the opportunity to take him down versus going back to the way that things were when you were fucking helpless and hopeless and depressed the way that things were, it literally made me sick to my stomach. This show made me so frustrated last night that I was like, I was twisting and turning in my seat. I was fucking... I'm really pissed. I'm, I'm just visibly upset. I'm, mm, I don't even want to talk about it, really. Like, but we have to podcast about it. So, Fuck them. Fuck them. I felt the way that Kendall did at the end. I, just, I was like, I became juvenile. I was like, fuck you. I just wanted to flip them off and say, you don't matter. You don't matter, Connor. Fuck you. We're on different sides, I think. I think I'm kind of going off Team Kendall. I'm a little bit of a free agent wow. right now. Wow. I'm a little bit of a free agent right now, and I was wondering if Team Jerry's an option because I think she might get fucked soon. That's what another thought. I thought maybe that like, what if like Shiv, Roman, and Connor eventually form like their own big three? But the big three is kind of like AD, John Collins, and Chris Dunn. Um, and then like who's AD? Shiv, Shiv, AD, and Roman's John Collins, and Connor's Chris Dunn. <laughs> okay, okay, keep going, keep going. But just like. What if they made, like, their own team that's, like, a third team in the mix? Because Kendall's kind of just being the fucking 
wham wham crybaby moron. Things aren't going his way. He just like talks a lot of times and I don't believe him. He's giving off very creepy energy. I wouldn't want to be. I don't believe him either. I don't believe him either. He's selling Logan on the other side. I don't, I wouldn't like publicly get behind and condone his actions. So like, why not just make your own team? Why not get them both? They're both done. They're both DOA. Start, but actually, you know what? Kendall did say something yesterday where he was like really spot on about what the company's doing in terms of like the media landscape and American media. That was spot on. And I was like, okay, maybe he is tuned in. Maybe I was wrong last week. No, Kendall's smart. At the end of the day, I think he's the smartest one out of the three of them because he actually understands things. But he thinks he's smarter than he is. They all think they're smarter than they are. I don't think any of them are actually smarter than Logan, but I think Logan is just so evil, so corrupted, and he's so old and stuck in his dinosaur ways that the best thing for Waystar, I mean, and they haven't even addressed the fact that the shareholders don't want Logan anymore. If you remember the end of, or the beginning of season two, episode 10, the finale, the first thing we see is Logan pulls off on the highway, talks to the biggest shareholder through FaceTime, and he tells him to his face, he's like, listen, Logan, this is a hard call to make. But we think it should be you that steps down. So, Logan has the family behind him now at the end of the episode. He's got Sherry, or he's got Jerry, Shiv, Roman, Tom, Carl, all those people. All those people. Good for him. I'm glad. But Kendall's going to get the shareholders. I promise you he is. Because I think, I think so. Yeah, okay. He's going to get the biggest shareholders. They want Logan out. They're sick of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's look true. at he look at where look at where things are at right now because of Logan. That's fair. Okay, I think. Did I sway you to Team Kendall? Yeah, Maybe Kendall should get me in the mix. Get him back, yeah. You yeah, he usually get on his posse. I feel bad for Greg. He's so stupid. Oh my god, they're using Greg as a pawn to just take down Waystar Royco. Dude, none of these. Get any kind of validation or love. He can't even get it from his pop pop on the street. Everybody's so selfish. I mean, this should be, I guess, but like, and that's the nature of the show. Everybody's me, 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 power hungry. Yeah. Like, even Greg, even our precious, sweet, innocent Greg is like, I guess I need to be looking out for Greg. And by Greg, I mean me. And they're just like, no, 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 no. We want to use you as a bit of a wedge so that way we can defy capitalism and show everybody why it's broken our country and like why would he be your poster boy for that he's a fucking idiot <laughs> like i guess he's our only option but like wouldn't you be better off just like being a lawyer i can't remember that guy's name i think it's like peter geiger or something like that but he was boone in animal house one of my favorite characters of all time growing up that lawyer was yeah that's boone in animal house dude that lawyer's a fucking prick mm-hmm. but i don't do I'm kind of worried about Shiv. I feel like Logan. I'm not is... worried about Shiv. Fuck Shiv. Shiv what sucks. Do you mean? Fuck. Okay. And not. Here's what also I'm thinking. Do you think that she would she would throw Tom under the bus if presented the opportunity? Because I think yes. Absolutely. See, Shiv is. She is the attention thirstiest one out of all of them, but she tries to come off as if she isn't. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times we've seen her call Tom and be like, you think I can do this though, yeah? Like she just wants like that affirmation over and over and over and over again. And what Kendall was telling her, like, you think you're a good person, but you're not because you're siding with this fucking misogynistic, racist, 
no real person involved, sane person. And like you refuse to leave his side because you think that it's best for you. Right? Like she's a hypocrite. I literally cannot stand her. I used to love Shiv. I, she had all my love. She had all of my support going into season two. And the way that she behaved during season two, I was like, okay, she's flip floppy. She's flaky, all this kind of stuff. I don't like the way she treats Tom. And this season, I am just cemented in fuck Shiv Island because she is so. She's frustrating me. She is genuinely getting under my skin. Great performance by Sarah Snook, but I mean, good God, the way that they treat Kendall and she can't take anything serious. I feel like, I feel like when they're in that room together, when they're in Kendall's daughter's room, and Kendall's trying to be genuine and serious and like let his guard down a little bit, the dominoes would fall in place and everybody would behave that way if only Shiv did. Like even Roman would be like, "All right, let's have a real conversation right now yeah. without just." this like thin veil of fuckery and that's what kendall has too he has a veil of like i'm composed i can be composed i've changed i've revolutionized myself but then at the end of the episode he becomes his dad again which is really just i mean it's brilliant writing but good god the show is fucking me in the head dude so fucking good so it's just good. it dude it even like last episode which only like rooms and settings and conversation it's moving so like it feels so fast paced even though the last two episodes have seemingly only covered like two days of time or whatever two three days like it's moving at like such like a fast pace or just moving along like a lot of things are happening faster than i thought like kendall's plan kind of falling apart not being able to get support is kind of happening faster than i thought shiv becoming the new blanket ceo that happened faster than i thought i didn't think that's how the episode would end um, so if that's what the first two episodes have been so far, what the fuck is in store in the next eight? Well, it's, it's been kind of exhausting. Yeah, because, like, the last three episodes, like, every episode is, like, battling for hierarchy spots, like, climbing up and down the power rankings. That's yeah. every episode, right? But the last three, from from the finale of season two up until season three of episode two, this is where, like, this is as good as it gets as far as jostling is concerned. Like, we're seeing the most real conversations right now. Still a lot of dancing around topics and stuff like that. But, like, and this was probably, like, the most, like, COVID-friendly episode, right? Because, like, it's literally, like, three locations. It's, like, yeah. R- Rava's apartment, the hotel, and I think that actually might be it. And then, I guess, like, Kendall meeting with Stewie and then Greg and Ewan's um, plot line as well. But, like, the last three episodes, it's been, like, all this jostling, like, who's on whose side? Logan's going to take down Kendall. Who's going to be the head on the stick? Who's going to fucking, like, is Jerry going to be the CEO? There's been a lot of decisions that have been made. It's honestly been hard to, like, track and keep up with. Like, I've had to watch all of these episodes twice just to, like, keep it in my head. But yeah. I, I would I would like for the season to move on from here because, like, obviously Logan versus Kendall is going to be the main storyline, but I'm ready for the B, C, and D storylines of Greg you know, taking down the company himself, Greg and Tom meeting up, up front. Um, I'm ready for some more Shiv and Tom moments, Roman and Jerry. I'm ready for all that stuff to kind of start unwinding a little bit more because they've kind of put that on hold right now just so they can focus all of their attention and energy on Logan versus Kendall. Yeah, I completely agree. I want to see, because like we're getting like little teases of each character. Like we'll get Greg for a couple minutes or Tom for a couple minutes. I like to kind of start seeing like Adrian Brody. 
um, and Alexander Starsgard pop up. I want to see these supporting guys who we've heard about in the off season, you could say, pop up. But I'm really, I'm really like where it's going. This is the best show on television. I think the last two weeks have proven why we just get incredible performances every week. So much tension, the music. I fucking love the single, or I guess it's multi-cam, but just the way how it's shaky and zooming in. They just put you right in the room. They put you right in the shit, right in the tension. Fucking love that show. Fucking love it. Would you have eaten one of those donuts? Yeah. Yeah, they look pretty good. Why not? Have I ever told you about... thrown out. Have I told you about my donut story? No. I couldn't eat donuts for like five or six years because... I had a dream that uh, my nani took me to a quick trip and she gave me like $50. She's like, get whatever you want, but you have to spend all $50 right now. And I bought like $50 worth of donuts and I ate all of them in a half hour. And then I woke up from my dream and I threw up. <laughs> and I couldn't eat donuts for a long time. I just overcame like my, my donut allergy that was completely sub- like planted in my mind. It's really weird. Are you fucking with donuts now? Yeah, I fucking love donuts again. <laughs> They're so good. How often do you have good. donuts? They're kind of a treat for me. I don't really have them that often. Yeah. I um, I actually I got some college football Saturday a few weeks ago. I went out and I got some donuts in the morning for my mom and Elise and I. And yeah, I tanked right. like three three long johns, dip them in the milk, fucking soak mm. those bad boys in there. Just oh my god. It's I like a nice I like a nice fritter every once in a while. What's a fritter? It's kind of like just like a glazed blueberry kind of thing, maybe apple. Oh, I know what you're talking about. They look like crusty little worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty decent. Yeah. They, have, they have a nice crunch to them. You fuck with Krispy Kreme at all? Krispy Kreme's decent. I think it's a little bit overhyped. There's a place out here called Daylight Donuts. It's a local place in Ankeny. And, um, it's Spanx. It's in, yeah, it's Spanx. If you get, if you get fresh Krispy Kreme, that shit goes. It hits. Like, it, there's a reason it's a conglomerate. It's the McDonald's of donuts. Dunkin' Donuts Dunkin's donuts? Dunkin's probably the McDonald's of donuts. Dunkin' Mid. Donuts donuts are butt, dude. They're so dry. They're always frozen. Always there, frozen. There's Never a fresh. place by uh, by my high school called Spunky Dunkers. Their red velvet Ooh. donut was stupid. Oh. You're touching me in all the right places right now. Mm. That red velvet was so naughty, dude. So funny. Speaking of touching everybody in the right places... Um, Jerry talking to Roman on the phone. She was. <laughs> They're such little freaks. They just need to the line of the episode, me. bro. The line of the episode is, he says, "Jerry, don't threaten me right now. I don't have time to jerk off." <laughs> and I lost it, bro. That was maybe the funniest fucking thing. And then, I guess should we should we talk about this really quick? Um, Shiv calling out Roman for his sexual inefficiencies. I guess you could say. Yeah, they're weird, dude. Dude, like, why do they know that? <laughs> how how do they know that? Did Jerry snitch? Did his just, uh? I can't remember his girlfriend's name. Willa? No, that's Connor's prostitute girlfriend. that wrote the play. He's just like, oh, it's Tabitha. Tabitha. Yeah. Did she snitch? We haven't seen her yet. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they just can. You can. By the way, he talks and acts. He's a this show just has me. This show like genuinely affects me. Like, I can't yeah. remember the last show that like actually like fucks up my psyche the way that this does. Like I've 
I was fucking driving to, like, look at suits today, and I was just, like, pissed off on my way there. Like, I had road rage from fucking thinking about Shiv and the way she treated Kendall. Okay, all right. I do have a good question for you, actually. So, we pretty much end the episode, or end the incident at Rava's apartment with the four children, with Kendall asking each of the kids pretty much deal or no deal. Right. Yeah. First person he asks is Connor. If he doesn't ask Connor first... Because I honestly think Connor has a little bit more sway than he, we give him credit for, right? Like, he kind of broke people down in the room. He was like, let's be real. We all knew about Mo. We all knew about Dad and all this kind of stuff. Like, the round robin of, did were we, you know, compliant and that kind of stuff. If he didn't ask Connor first, deal or no deal, and let's say he asked Shiv first, do you think that changes the way that they respond? Or do you think that she says no to? Still. Um... I think for, I think they probably all still say no just because they're soft frauds. Yeah, and the potential just because Kendall, maybe if he showed them proof, you know, like I think that just kind of makes it hard. Where like I noticed, like when shit first comes and she's like, "Well, can I see the documents?" and he's just acting like a weird drug deal going wrong. I'll never like, tell. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude! I totally I've got yeah yeah yeah. Just got like ten fifteen minutes. It'll be like it just like felt it just feels sketchy. Like he's just like all over the place. But I feel like with them, like with Shiv, she says no, sticks with her dad. Now she's the blanket CEO. Roman is also anchoring to fucking try to get high up, and then Connor just seems like neutral, as I would if I were him, because he's dude. He's got to be like stupid fucking rich, and it's just like. I would just But he's voting. also really deep in debt right now because he he funded that, that play. Yeah. He's like, Hey dad, can I borrow like a little hundred mil? And he was like, Yeah, if you stop running for president, you fucking idiot. It's a pipe dream. You're not gonna win. The con heads, there's not enough of them. So would you be a con head? I feel like you'd be a con head. Probably. In reality I guess we don't know his we don't know his real platform, but I mean Probably somebody of the of the sort, I guess. Mm. Just a real dumb dumb. But like, would you support him? Like you supported Yang. Um. Would you cold call for Khan? Probably not. I think. Okay. Yeah. No, I quit. I quit on all that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, have I persuaded you, deal or no deal? Are you on Kendall's side or are you on Logan's side? I feel like that's what this whole like episode has been about. Me and you just. Kind of just duking it out. You can't be moderate. You got to pick a side. Yeah, I think you. I think you got me back on Team Kendall. Good. Yeah. Me and me and the big shareholders. We won you over. All right. Well, Jack and I will be back um, Wednesday night. We release Thursday morning. We'll be talking about basketball. It'll be one we'll weekend. Six thirty tonight. Hopefully, when I'm reporting back, it's a four and O team. Yes, sir. So they're 3-0 right now. Lakers got their first one last night. We'll talk about both of those teams and a bunch of other players. I'm sure we'll talk about John Moran, Tyler Harrow. We'll talk about everybody. Uh, and then the Nets, too. I think they're a really fascinating case study right now. So we will release this tonight. Um, we'll push it tomorrow. You guys can all re- listen to it as soon as you can. And then, yeah, make sure to check us out on Thursday. We'll be talking about